0: Verses 17 to 25. Then the
1: Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons and all the sons of Israel, and say to them, Any man in the house of Israel or of the aliens in Israel who present his offering, whether it is any of their votive uh, or any of their free-will offerings, which they present to the Lord for a burn-off. For you to be accepted, it must be a male without defect, from the cattle, the sheep, or the goats. So whatever has a defect, you shall not offer, for it will not be accepted for you. And when a man offers a sacrifice, a peace offering to the Lord, to fulfill a special vow, or for a free will offering, of the herd or of the flock, it must be perfect to be accepted. There should be no defect in it. Those that are blind or fractured or maimed or having a running sore or eczema or scab, you shall not offer to the Lord, nor make of them an offering by fire on the altar to the Lord. In respect to an ox or a lamb which has an overgrown or stunted member, you may present it for a free will offering, but for a vow it shall not be accepted, also anything with its testicles bruised or crushed or torn or cut, you shall not offer to the Lord or sacrifice in your land. Nor shall you accept any such from the land or of a foreigner for offering as the food of your God, for their corruption is in them. Uh, they have a defect, they shall not be accepted for you.
0: Okay. So we've been giving the rules about priests and particularly even the defects of priests in the end of 21. These are the rules about what? Animal
1: sacrifice.
0: Right, the sacrifices, the animals that are offered, and what are the rules about that essentially? Male
1: without
2: defect.
0: Yes. Why?
2: Defects are bad.
0: Yeah. They don't fit with. I guess.
3: Ooh. And it doesn't look like it's recorded to me. I was going to say it's not making little. No, mm-hmm.
0: it's, it's not that. recorded. It's, a good it's, good. it's not the way it was before. <laughs> it Relax. Um, so, what, what what would be bad about offering a, a defective, handicapped animal in sacrifice? What's the principle that that violates, Shane?
4: It isn't perfect.
0: So?
3: And whatever is coming through, God is the perfect. Yeah,
0: goes back to that whole principle of the holiness of God. You know, the sacrifices given to him have to be holy, have to be perfect, have to be without defect. What did God give us? Did he give us a defective sacrifice? Exactly. And so what's offered to him should be perfect. There should be no defect in that. And that was not just... For the man who was an Israelite, even the alien, even the the foreigner who presented an offering to God, had to offer the very same thing. Uh, there was no higher standard, no concessions. It was the same rule for anybody who offered the sacrifices. They were to offer the the best of the animals, no defect in them. Comments and questions. On
2: um, Verse 23. Are you seeing for the whole Sure, second. sure. Um, it, it says that also a mm-hmm. land that is, has an overgrown or stunted member may be presented for a free will offering. Yes. But for a vow it shall not be accepted. So the regular offerings you couldn't use it but For an additional extra
0: offering you could. Yeah, what offering are we dealing with when we talk about the free will or the vow offerings? The peace offerings. And for the peace offerings, there were different kinds of peace offerings. A free will offering was simply an offering to God of your own free will that was not required. a a votive, a vow offering was an offering to fulfill a vow that you had made to God. If you are offering something to fulfill a vow, it had to fulfill these uh, rules, including it couldn't be overgrown or stunted. But if it was just a free will offering, it's just an extra offering you're offering out of your own free choice wasn't required, then even an overgrown or stunted animal could be offered. But no
2: other defects.
0: I think that's probably the case. Yeah, because as you look on it in 24, also anything with its testicles bruised or crushed or torn or cut, you shall not offer to the Lord, etc. So I think probably just in the idea of overgrown or stubborn, best I can think. There are certain things that you couldn't offer to the Lord even as an extra sacrifice. All right, other questions and comments on that, on anything through 25? Okay. Twenty six to thirty three.
5: Then <clears> the <throat> Lord spoke to Moses saying, When an ox or sacrifices so that you may be accepted. It shall be eaten on the same day. You shall leave none of it until morning. I am the Lord. So you shall keep my commandments and do them. I am the Lord. And you shall not profane my holy name, but I will be sanctified among the sons of Israel. I am the Lord who sanctifies you, who brought you out from the land of Egypt to be
0: your God, I am the Lord. Okay. So, he's got some more regulations on the animals here. Um, For example, in verse 27, what's the rule? You
2: can't sacrifice an animal less than
0: eight days old. Right. has to be at least eight days old to be valid as a sacrificial animal. And in 28, what can't you do? Yeah, you can't sacrifice both the animal and uh, its parent on the same day, for whatever reason. I don't know that I have a good reason for that, but that's the rule. There may be a good reason. Um,
2: Can and you, with a goat, though? It, just says, it says, ox sheep goat in the first one, and ox sheep in the second one. So presumably you could offer a goat.
0: Maybe so, I don't know.
2: A goat and its kid? <laughs> uh, thank you for that uh, yeah I don't know they're a
3: kid, right? does it mean like you can offer the the full and the parent in the same offering
1: or different offerings or not on parent, the, same second, day, or not the same day Apparently, not on the same day for any offering I think so that might be hard to determine when they're <coughs> all um
6: I've heard shepherds that shepherds they can always tell the different sheep apart in their flock no matter what so uh, who knows maybe it's somehow the farmers are able you know, people are able to keep track of which, was the, which one was which okay. no that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's today with the big old huge forms where the cows are <laughs> and there are hundreds
0: of yeah, I don't, I don't have, have a good answer people. to that I, that would seem reasonable to me after a time as well I don't know
2: Bill I mean just like uh, animal breeding in general, normally you would keep track of the bloodlines. I don't know how much that was... I don't done. know
0: that you would on modern farms, would you? But maybe they did more back here if they had smaller flocks and herds. and.
2: Well, I mean, you'd have to keep track of those things,
0: though. If you want to improve your flock. And herd. I don't have it until intelligence call. Not unusual for me, and with the thank offering in twenty nine and thirty, what's the rule? Eat it up. Eat it up that day. Now the free will offering you were allowed to eat it on the second day, as you recall, but the thank offering only that day. And uh, you know he says in thirty one, you've got to keep these commandments. And in thirty two and thirty three, I am a holy God. You know I'm the Lord. And my character is the basis for what you must do. Because of who I am, this is what you have to do. Which is really powerful. <laughs> was
2: the thank offering smaller than the fellowship offering?
0: The thank offering was a subset of the fellowship or peace offering. There were several. There were three different kinds of peace offerings or fellowship offerings. There was the thank offering, the free will offering, and the votive offering.
7: And, and perhaps even
0: I'm not sure how we count some of the peace offerings that were just commanded. Maybe that's a, a, an additional category. But go ahead, sir.
2: Because I was just, if, if there's a, if the, like the amount of the sacrifice is different, so that no. in the thank thank offering you were eating less, and it was easier to eat it all. No, it.
0: that was not the case. How I, we're not sure why you had to eat the thank offering the same day, unless. Mm-hmm. You know, it would, might encourage you to invite your friends and neighbors to share in the meal, and maybe that's more appropriate with a thank offering that you're generous with others. I've read that. I don't know anything that definitely indicates that in the text. Other comments and questions? Um, anything on chapter 22 then? Hey, we've got another chapter down. We've gotten through three so far. It's only taken us, what, three or four hours to do that, so we're right on target for us. Well, chapter 23, um, this is the chapter about their various feast days, which, uh, wow, there was a lot to that. And, uh, there's a particular number that's especially important in this chapter. Guess what it is? Seven, as there are all kinds of sevens. He's going to talk about, depending on how you look at this, seven festivals during the year, and seven days of rest during these festivals, and the seventh month being the special feast month, and every seventh day being the special day, etc., etc. Seven was a key number. There are a few other passages and Exodus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy that have kind of a grouping together of some of the laws about the feast days. So this is not the only one. But would somebody read 1 4?
4: The Lord spoke again to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, The Lord's appointed times, which you shall proclaim, as holy convocations, my appointed times are these. For six days work may be done, but on the seventh day there is a Sabbath of complete rest, a holy convocation.'" You should not work, you should not do any work, it is a Sabbath to the Lord in all your dwellings. These are the appointed times of the Lord, holy convocations, which you shall proclaim at the times appointed
0: for them. Okay, so, um in this uh, section, which special holy convocation do we have? Sabbath. Sabbath, every seventh day, yeah, That's that's the rule, and what were you supposed to do on the Sabbath? You weren't. <laughs> Supposed to not work. It's a Sabbath of complete rest, and it's to be dedicated to the Lord. It's a special day that belonged to the Lord, a special rest day that God gave them. We, should we uh, keep the Sabbath law today? It a, it's a new day. It's a new law. It's a new law, but the Sabbath was one of the Ten Commandments. It was. <laughs> Shouldn't we keep the Ten Com- Commandments today?
6: Uh, they only, did, only the nine that were carried over, which did not include the Sabbath. How do you know? Because that's what everyone said, and I checked. <laughs> <laughs> I that's checked not gonna... on it, and it was correct. They were correct. Where, how did you check on it? I had the computer at home. has got a Bible program on there. it got searched search thing. I just basically typed in the various forms of Ten Commandments. Okay. You while. looked in the New Testament to see if it was repeated. Exactly.
0: Okay. That's a good way to do that. Is there anything else that would help you in knowing that we want to keep the Sabbath law today?
6: Jesus specifically said that you the know, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Which makes me wonder, why did they say uh, to command it so strongly if that was the case?
0: Well, because it was, a, it was actually a law that was a blessing for man, wasn't it?
6: Yeah, but
0: he... gave him a rest one day a week. So it was for man. I don't think that's saying in the New Testament. I think that's saying when God gave the Sabbath law, it was for man.
2: <coughs>
0: Hebrews 4, Hebrews four what, what does that indicate? There's no longer yeah, yeah. a Sabbath
7: rest
2: for the people
7: <coughs> except
3: for the well, laborers.
0: So there's a greater Sabbath that we are looking forward to, which is the ultimate rest of God. That's a good passage. There's even a more specific passage that tells us that we don't keep the Sabbath today. You know?
2: Uh, You don't keep special days and holy months and festivals. Yes, where is that? I want to say Galatians, and
0: that's probably wrong. That's probably wrong. Colossians 2. This is a really helpful passage, I think, in connection with the Sabbath day. Colossians 2.16 Therefore no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. Things which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. You know, these are the shadows. uh, These special regulations. um, Including... The festival, which would be like annual, the new moon, which would be monthly, or a Sabbath day, which would be weekly, feasts. Those were all in the shadow, but we now have the substance that is Christ. So we shouldn't go back to the shadow. It'd
6: be about the every seventh day, it would be about the around the twenty-nine thousand two hundred. <coughs> all right, and um, then you have an endless day. Could Matthew
4: twelve also? Well, it does have something with well, the Sabbath.
0: I don't think so. How do you? What part of Matthew twelve are you thinking
4: um, of? Matthew? Well, um, with Jesus being Lord of the Sabbath and saying, pretty much, those disciples could do work by picking the
0: Well, here's what bread. I think about that: is <coughs> that the disciples were not breaking the Sabbath law. He's just saying, "I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I know what breaks the Sabbath." I don't think the disciples did break the Sabbath law. I don't think Jesus ever broke the law, period. So I don't think Jesus was defending his disciples for breaking the law, saying, well, I'm the Lord <laughs> of it. They can break the law if they want to. I think he's saying, I'm the Lord of it. I know they're not breaking it. Picking grain on the Sabbath day and eating it was not working. And also, um, verse
4: 5 of 12. Or have you not written in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple break the Sabbath? So now, now, today, we
0: are the priests, you know, so would, you know. Well, the priests still had to keep the Sabbath law, too, except their service in the temple was not breaking the Sabbath because that was sort of a command that had precedence. So I don't think that's so much an argument for us to break the Sabbath as if other people have the Sabbath law and we don't. I think we really don't have the Sabbath law today, but at this point... They're still under the law, and I think Jesus is defending his disciples and saying, there is some work that even in the law of the Sabbath was allowed to be done, like what the priests did, and the disciples picking grain on the Sabbath and so
7: forth.
5: Alan. Um, in Colossians 2.16, can you explain his wording there, therefore let no one judge you by law of love? Because that's always kind of throwing me
0: off. He's saying don't let anybody condemn you for not keeping these food or drink offerings or for that's not true. observing these feast days.
5: So it's not the the
0: inverse of that statement. It's not. No.
5: It's not because my dad brought that up. And we were kind of confused about it. Some
0: people do mistake that, but but no. He's he's saying nobody ought to judge you because you don't follow these laws. Because okay. the,
2: the, part of the problem was Judaizing teachers at, the, at this point.
0: Yes, Judaizing teachers and just all these special rules and regulations um, that he says don't really help. I think verse 17 helps a lot when he says these are the shadow, but the substance belongs to Christ. Other comments and questions? Okay. Back to chapter 23 then, and uh, verses 5 through 14.
2: The day of the month at twilight is the Lord's Passover. Then on the fifteenth day of the same month there is the feast of unleavened bread to the Lord. For seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall have a holy convocation. You shall not do any laborer's work. But for seven days you shall present an offering by fire to the Lord. On the seventh day is a holy convocation. You shall not do any laborer's work. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, when you enter the land which I am going to give to you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring in the sheath the sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. And he shall wave the sheath before the Lord for you to be accepted. On the day after the Sabbath the priest shall wave it. Now on the day when you wave the sheath, you shall offer a male lamb one year old without defect for a great <coughs> offering to the Lord. Its grain offering shall be two tenths of an epoch. Of fine flour mixed with oil, an offering by fire to the Lord for a soothing aroma, with its drink offering, a fourth of a hen of wine. Until this same day, until you have brought in the offering of your God, you shall eat neither bread nor roasted grain nor new growth. It is to be a perpetual statute throughout your generations in all your dwelling places.
0: Okay, so this refers to which feast? All right, this is the Passover, and that was commemorating what? Yeah, when the Lord passed over <laughs> the Israelite households in connection with the Exodus, back in Exodus chapter 12. And uh, what, uh, what was the timing of this Passover feast? Right. So it would have been in March or April of our timing, because their first month started around March or April. Um, Now, um, this particular Passover day was actually associated with a longer feast. What was that? Feast of
2: Unleavened
0: Bread. Yes. And during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, they were not having any leaven in their houses. That also reminded them of how they had to take the yeast out of their houses and, and so forth because they were going to have to flee quickly wouldn't have time for the bread to rise. And so they had this Feast of Unleavened Bread. Um, And there were two days in this complex that were Sabbath-type days. They were not to do work. On the first day, in verse 7, I think that would be on the Passover itself. And then on the the seventh day of the Feast of of Unleavened Bread, they were also not to do any work. So I think on the 14th day of the month and the 21st day of the month, those were both uh, times that they were not to to do any work. So that's a summary of the rules of the Passover and the associated Feast of Unleavened Bread. Um, Do you have any comments or questions on 4 to 8? What is a holy
4: convocation?
0: Just like a holy assembly. Okay, so... I think so. I don't know that I can tell you what they did in this holy convocation. <clears throat> and then there's another aspect of this. In verse 10 um, when they do go into the land, now there's a lot of these laws that would not be so applicable in the wilderness but he's giving them the laws that apply in the land as well. When they do go into the land and reap its harvest, then they bring in the sheaf of the first fruits of their harvest to the priest. And he waved the sheaf before the Lord. Remember the wave offering on the day after the Sabbath. And uh, they offer this male lamb as a burnt offering. They offer grain offering and drink offering associated with the burnt offering. And uh, they don't eat any of the produce of the land until they have offered this first fruit to God. They're in connection with the Feast of Passover. So you've got the Feast of Passover with the seven days of the unleavened bread feast and also then this, this offering of the first fruits that was to accompany this feast.
2: So the what is the growing season like in Israel? Because I mean, if you have if you have in March or April the Passover and the unleavened bread, and if the first fruit is the first fruits, like the same time? Yes. So there's a harvest in March or April. It's the beginning
0: of their harvest. It's the beginning of their grain harvest. Yes. So
2: winter? Wheat. Well, not even winter. Wheat.
0: Do what? No, yeah, the seasons aren't reversed from us. They're still on the same side of the equator. But the grain harvest <laughs> was in the first half of the year. And then the fruit would be later on in the year. I think I'm right on that. I'm not an expert on all those things, but I think that's the case. I think the grain harvest sort of began about here and continued for a few weeks, then that the fruit would have been later on in the year.
2: Because-
0: Anybody know much about that?
2: Yeah, I mean, it almost looks like if you can't eat bread, roasted grain, or new growth until you've offered the first fruits, how do you eat of the unleavened bread? Or am well, I missing something Well, flour? Right? Yeah, exactly.
0: That's what I would say. I mean they so still you have, have, the have
6: new stuff. Yes. No, you have no, it's kind of it was more of a sacrifice because you wanted the fresh food. You wanted the fresh stuff, good stuff. And it just you know grown. You no, know, you but you give it to God and you
2: But I'm saying that you can't eat you you cannot eat the fresh grain in the Passover. That's correct. Because you haven't offered the first fruits yet. So you're using the old <coughs> grain that you... Well, that's actually kind of interesting. That's what I Because I mean, Because that means that you have to prepare for the Passover at some distance. I mean, you can't just eat up all of your grain knowing that... oh well, got But
0: you would have done that anyway. You wouldn't eat up all your grain and not have any food.
2: But I mean, you'd have to save off separate, an additional amount, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, although there were not huge sacrifices required at the Passover. I mean, you know, it's a meal, but you're going to eat a meal anyway. So I don't know if it's been a huge amount, but yeah, it's exactly what we do. I mean, we store up food to tide us over until the harvest starts coming in. They were just delayed slightly in being able to actually reap the harvest until they had this day of first fruits that they could offer the first fruits to God. (coughs) Are there other comments or questions about that? Was oh, this an
4: annual thing? Yes. yes. Okay. it kind of looks
0: here like it was
4: one-time thing it said, like, when you go into the land,
0: but All of this starts when they go into the land as far as the first, first fruits are concerned because there was no planting or reaping in the wilderness. So I think he's just saying, when you go in there, this law will start taking place. Other comments or questions? Okay. Um, 15 to 22.
3: You shall also count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, from the day when you brought in the sheep of the wave offering, you shall be seven complete Sabbaths. You shall count 50 days on the day after the seventh Sabbath. Sabbath. You shall present a new grain offering to the Lord. You shall bring in from your dwelling places two loaves of bread for a wave offering, made of two tenths of a leaf. They shall be a fine flour, baked with leaven as first fruits to the Lord, along, <coughs> along with the bread, you shall present seven one-year-old male lambs without defects, and a bowl of the herd and two rams. They are to be a burnt offering to the Lord, with the grain offerings and the drink offerings, an offering by fire a to the Lord. You shall also offer one male girl person offering and two male lambs, one year old for a sacrifice of peace offerings. The priest shall then wave them with the bread of the first fruit for a wave offering with two lambs before the Lord. They are to be holy to the Lord for the priest. On this same day you shall make a proclamation as well. You are to have a holy convocation. You shall be no the Lord labor is It is to be a perpetual statute in all your dwelling places throughout your generations. When you reap of the land, Lord, you shall not reap to the very corners of your field, nor gather the bleeding of your harvest. You are to leave them for the needy and the alien. I am the Lord your God. Okay.
0: Now, you've got another feast here. When was this feast? Fifty days after the Sabbath of the Passover, which, now there's some debate about this, but if I am reading this correctly, that would make it on what day of the week? Sunday. 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 Because if it's seven weeks plus a day after the Passover Sabbath. Now, actually, in this particular text, this feast is not named as far as I can see. But what, what would we call this feast? The Feast of Weeks, or Pentecost in the New Testament. Pente, you know, Pentagon is like a five-sided figure, so Pentecost has something to do in Latin or somewhere with 50, uh, 50 days later. Um, and so, so that, you know, you had Jesus crucified at what feast? The Passover. <laughs> and then you had the beginning of the church 50 days later on the day of Pentecost. Uh, that's, it would have been a Sunday. would have been a Sunday. The way I count this, it would have been a Sunday. That's just... That's big. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because Jesus was also raised when? On a Sunday. So that's kind of... Uh, you see a pattern starting out. Uh, yeah. Things always fit together uh, in the Bible. And, uh, you know, there's so much uh, symbolism and so forth. So we've got this uh, this 50 days later, this p- specific feast. And what were they supposed to do on this feast according to this text?
7: Yeah, leavened
0: bread. Yeah, lemon bread. <laughs> you don't see that every day of the week in uh, the offerings, do you? But in this case, they would offer leavened bread. In, in the, the, that feast of the first fruits in connection with the Passover, they more or less offered what God gave them, the grain <laughs> itself. Here they offer what they had produced from that, the bread and cakes or whatever that they've been able to make out of what God had given them, along with uh, various other offerings and drink offerings and so forth. He's got a list of the offerings here that they were supposed to give to God on that day. It was also, also supposed to be a day of what? Holy convocation. Yes, holy convocation with no work. This was another rest day, another special Sabbath day. Um, now, they're thinking about... Again, as many of their feast days were, they were associated in some way with harvest. I mean, with what God gives them. This would have been more or less at the, the completion of the grain harvest, from what I understand. Fifty days before, it was sort of the beginning of the grain harvest, in which they'd offer the first fruits. Now they're offering the, sort of the result of their harvest to God. But as they're thinking about their harvest, and how they're supposed to offer part of it to God... What else are they supposed to do in connection with their harvest? By be- all the offerings, but now I'm thinking about something beyond that. What else were they supposed to do with their crops? Not gather all of them. Which seems like <laughs> not a very wise farming practice. Why were they supposed to not gather all of them? Yes. So who could eat the leftovers? Yes. They're supposed to leave, uh, look at verse 22, the corners of their field and the gleaning. That would be like, after you've gone through once, they were supposed to go through again and get the rest of it. Just leave some behind for the poor who might need it. Yeah. You remember somebody in the Bible who was a gleaner? Ruth. That's how she provided for her and her mother-in-law, Naomi. By this provision that God made, leave the corners, leave, you know, the leftovers, and the poor could go into the fields, and they could actually gather for themselves so that they could be provided for. God was very concerned about the the needy and the alien. Seems to make a lot more sense than our welfare system. (laughs) Why would you say it makes more sense? It preserves their dignity, their sense of responsibility. It's not really a handout exactly, but it is a provision for their needs. I think you're exactly right. This would work a lot better. You don't
1: think they went into the farmer and demanded that they leave a better portion of the field? No, but
0: remember with Ruth, Boaz instructed his workers to leave more right. and so forth. That was kind of interesting, of course. You know, Boaz wanted to favor Ruth because she had been a blessing to her mother-in-law. Um, uh, Boaz was a, a relative of Elimelech, if I'm not mistaken. So he was concerned about that. But, but yes, uh, this, was, uh, this was just God's provision. It wasn't their demand. All right, comments or questions through 22. Sarah. What does it is to be a perpetual
2: statute in all your dwelling places throughout your generations
0: It means Uh, means that you're supposed to keep doing this the whole time,
6: for as long as the laws
1: should last.
0: Yeah. What 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 do you?
6: Well, I'm just because
2: (coughs) you. Well, when you read this, you go, okay. So, should we still be offering these feasts because it's a perpetual statute?
0: No, because perpetual means age-lasting in the Old Testament, and is also qualified by throughout your generations. And you've got that with all of these, or many of these, and you had this back in uh, verse 14 as well, in connection with the first fruits and the Passover. And uh, I think Colossians 2 would specifically show us that this has been rescinded. But yeah, I think this just means, you know, throughout Israel's history, they were supposed to observe this. Other comments and questions? Okay? Those are the feast days in the first part of the year. Now we have feast days in the fall of the year as well. So uh, 23 to 25. Okay, when is this? Day
4: and, the seventh month.
0: and what is this? Feast of
4: Trumpets.
0: Yes, and in this feast they were to do what? Nothing. Yes, <laughs> no laborious work, but to present an offering to the Lord. Now this was sort of the beginning of this special feast month. They were to more or less inaugurate this special month with trumpet blasts. To call the people to, I don't know, attention, or to special dedication of the seventh month to God, <laughs> to and so you. it was the feast of
6: trumpets to remind them. That yes. of the de- uh, what day it was. Yeah. Like it says a reminder by blowing trumpets.
0: Exactly. So this is this is the call to the seventh month. <laughs> John. Yeah.
5: trumpet voice God at the very last day the
0: world's Good point. Yeah, you got several important trumpet calls in the Bible to call to almost uh, attention or to God's action or whatever. Good point. Other thoughts or comments on the Feast of Trumpets? 26 to 32.
6: And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, On exactly the tenth day of this seventh month is the day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation for you. And you shall humble your souls and present an offering by fire to the Lord. Neither shall you do any work on the same day, for is it a day of the atonement, to make atonement on your behalf before the Lord your God. If there is any person who will not humble himself on the same day, he he shall be cut off from his people. As for any person who does any work on the same day, that person I will destroy from among his people. You shall do no work at all. It is to be a perpetual statute throughout your generations in all your dwelling places. It is to be a Sabbath of complete rest to you. And you shall humble your souls on the ninth of the month at evening. From evening to, until evening, you so shall keep your Sabbath. Okay.
0: So, on the tenth day of the seventh month, you have this special day of atonement. And uh, tell me about this day. What does he say? Seven. All right. It's a day that they were to humble themselves. Now, we've already read about this day back in which chapter? Sixteen. 16. Because it was the day when the high priest went into the Holy of Holies to offer the atonement and the purification for the sanctuary. It was the most holy day of the year. But it was a day because of this holiness and because the priest, the high priest, was going into to the very presence of the Lord and because the atonement was being offered for the sins of the people, it was a day that they had to really take seriously. It was a day to humble their souls. And... Uh, That that phrase to humble their souls was generally interpreted as to do what? Mourn, mourn and fast. fast. Yeah, this is the day that's spoken of. (laughs) Wow. Um.
6: So.
0: Uh, the, the humbling their souls was considered to be a fast and it's the day referred to in Acts 27.9 when um, the, the sailing on the Mediterranean was considered dangerous because the fast was already passed that's the fast of the day of atonement which would have occurred mostly around October and so this was a special day uh, what were they supposed to not do on this day? Any work. Any work at all. It's to be a, a Sabbath of complete rest in which they took this very solemnly and seriously. Some of the Sabbaths seem to have been more serious Sabbaths. And this one, of a Sabbath of complete rest, uh, no work at all, would go back to like verse 3. The weekly Sabbath was a Sabbath of complete rest. They were not to do any work. There seems to be a little bit more tension drawn to how Sabbath these Sabbaths were. Some of the others, at least those statements are not made about them. John?
3: Um two questions I think. What was work? Like exactly do we know this? anybody know? Like I guess the we know the Pharisees, you know, said could walk so far. I guess Jesus said that, you know, on the Sabbath you would
0: here, excellent question and I mean that is the Pharisees question uh, the Bible doesn't exactly define it so the Pharisees thought they needed to I would assume it basically means doing your job yes. so you activity was not prohibited Um, But where to draw the line? I mean, isn't that always our question? You know, on some points it's like, okay, does this count? Does this count? Does this count? And I think the Pharisees really were trying to make sure we did okay with this and tell us every detail. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure how, how to exactly decide some doubtful cases. Going through our job would be wrong. You know, the priest offering sacrifices are... You know, circumcising somebody or something like that was clearly okay. There'd be some cases in the middle that might be harder to decide. Yeah, I
3: don't know. Dad, when he hasn't worked on Saturday, we've definitely done a lot of work on Saturday, even though he's gone to his job. I mean, would something like that be wrong? Did not go to your job, but you're obviously working hard.
0: I suspect it would have. I imagine it's more than just not going to your job. It's not doing other kinds of work. I mean, they were not supposed to kindle a fire. They were not supposed to cook. Of course, that might be considered the work of the woman in the house, but still.
6: It says labor is working. Or something. They weren't
0: supposed to gather sticks. There was a case of that in Numbers 15. So, I mean, it was pretty
6: It was pretty extensive.
0: One
2: way to determine is uh, if anyone does some work on that day, the Lord would destroy him so you could watch your neighbor's. <laughs> see what they do and who's destroyed <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Of course, that's not very useful I suppose. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Why. I wouldn't let it be and, uh, function uh, well. Yeah. In the
3: why in the world is this day on the 10th day?
6: Or is not it on the 7th? I don't know. Days off
2: to make it more special? I don't
0: know. I mean, the seventh wouldn't necessarily be the Sabbath day, it was yeah. the seventh day of the seventh month.
5: Right? Yeah. right? I think I'm right. It, it could be 80 days a month. It could still change. You was know. there months 30
4: days?
0: No, there were lunar months. Okay. Around 28. Will they have X They had extra months. They had intercalary months from time to time. (laughs) (laughs) They had intercalary months. Can anybody confirm that? I think I'm right on that. Yeah,
6: it's very close to close know how they added them exactly. I I N T
0: E R C A L A R Y, intercalary. A month they stick in.
2: Yeah, it's just an additional (laughs) month of. Yes. It may be a week, it may be five days. Told random, um, the Aztecs and the Mayans did similar things. They would have like twelve months of thirty days each, and then they would add a five-day period at certain times. Why would they do that? To so do they would to get your solar year, and so that the months wouldn't migrate throughout the year.
6: Otherwise, they would be planting their crops in the middle of a blizzard. <laughs> 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 Which, so, so that your year, your lunar year.
2: Your lunar calendar and your solar calendar would end up matching up, and it would be 365 days. As another example, the uh, the Muslim calendar does not have that type of a, an inter whatever that Inter-colary. is. intercalary intercalary month. So the feast days that are based on like the 12th day of the 15th month or whatever, those move through the count cal- to through our calendar which makes it kind of weird. That's why you always have to look and find out when Ramadan is before you
7: attack someone. <laughs> what? We what an article on calendars once, are <laughs> Yeah, I think
2: it's time we moved on. Uh, Shane, can you
6: move us on? Yes, I can In verse twenty-nine, at the very end of it, it says, and I shall be off from
0: his people, and at the end of verse 38,
4: it says,
3: uh, it says, I will destroy from among his, I will destroy him from Among his people. Is there a difference?
0: I don't uh, think I was, so. Well,
3: uh, this is the thing that kind of Confuse me because I don't see why he would change Wordings the next verse And mean the same thing. It didn't really make sense. Why not? This is, I mean, didn't I mean you express something Why not use the same words? This is more interesting if you use different ones. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's not uncommon for the Bible to use well, different no, words For the same good. thing. So, I assume it's similar. Uh, but, you know, we had the question earlier about exactly what it meant to be cut off. So maybe it's different. I don't know. I but it doesn't seem very much different than what he's saying. Doesn't humble himself. does any work? I mean, it's still a pro- profanation of the Day of Atonement. So.
6: Seems like one of them means he's kicked out of the camp, and the other means he is killed. No, they got killed him, basically. Maybe
0: so. If we interpret cut off as just being excommunicated. Well, yeah.
5: I, that dismembered thing kind of you know, <laughs> uh, like you know you know how the Lord says you know, if your arm you know causes you trouble cast it off yeah well, that's that's kind of what I was thinking and also members of a church you, know, you know, I, just, I, don't know, I thought
6: that was it made more sense yeah Should
0: so we, it's good to dismember people can't we just <laughs> yeah
6: so, now that we're done with the calendar and everything. Else. can we march on to the next set of verses choices? not yet or <laughs> <laughs> any more bad jokes to get uh
0: well if they are made it might be you that will make them so. if, if,
2: looking at verses 29 and 30 if not humbl- if humbling your souls is an indication it may mean mourning and fasting um mm-hmm. uh, and doing any work is something different Uh it seems that there are slightly different punishments for that
0: maybe so i mean
2: that one is I, don't know, I one is more flagrant than the other if you're out there working and everybody else is at home fasting it's pretty obvious that what's going on well someone may not know if you are fasting if you go into your closet and eat a box of Oreos and wipe <laughs> your mouth thoroughly and then come out, they're not going <laughs> <if you laughs> to know. So that, that may be the reason why there are two different punishments for these two different things. Even though they're related, they're related. what they mean, not know. Other
0: uh, comments?
3: Twenty-seven. It says on oh, exactly the tenth day of the seventh month, and 32 We start the ninth. <laughs> it's a calendar thing. <laughs> yeah. Remember,
2: remember it the beat? Jewish day starts on the evening. It starts in the evening. So the evening of the ninth is ninth day is the beginning of the tenth.
3: Oh, day. so okay, so they start the fasting on the evening of the ninth, which <laughs> would be the
2: tenth day. Correct. And it extends until it's time. It's like it's so it's usually, modern Jews would say 6 p.m. of Friday is the beginning of the Sabbath day.
6: Okay, sure. From 6 p.m. Correct. to 6 p.m.
0: Exactly. So sundown. Like sundown. Other comments and questions? Well, uh, let's press on to another feast, the final feast complex of this uh, section, thirty-three
5: to forty-four. <laughs> Give the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, "Speak to the sons of Israel, saying, On the fifteenth of this seventh month is the feast of booths for seven days. After the Lord. On the first day of the holy convocation, you, sh- you shall do." no laborious work of any kind. For seven days you shall present an offering by fire to the Lord. On the eighth day you shall have a holy convocation and present an offering by fire to the Lord. It is an assembly. You shall do no laborious work. These are the appointed times of the Lord which you shall proclaim as holy convocations to the present offerings of fire to the Lord. For Sacrifice and innovation, each day's matter on its own day, besides those of the Sabbaths of the Lord, and besides your gifts, and besides all <coughs> both and free will offerings, which you give to the Lord. On exactly the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered, gathered in the crops of the land, you shall celebrate. So that your generations may know that I had the sons of Israel live in booths when I brought them out from the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So Moses declared to the sons of Israel the appointed times of the Lord. All
0: right, what feast is this? Booths, Booths, also known as the Feast of Tabernacles. When did it begin? 15th day of the 7th month, how long did it last? A week. Yes, it was a week-long festival. And uh, there's a number of things that we know about this feast. First of all, uh, what were the special days in this feast? First
7: and
0: the, the first and the eighth, which were both essentially Seven. Sabbath Seven. days. That's right. And uh, in the, they have holy convocation and so forth. This, according to other passages, particularly, I would suggest, Numbers 28 and 29, as great passages to look (coughs) at the offerings required on these feast days, the tabernacles was the feast day that there were more sacrifices offered than any other. Maybe I should not say feast day, but was was the special celebration that required more offerings, more sacrifices than any of the other feast days. The tabernacles, in many ways, was kind of the highlight of their feast calendar. And uh, during this feast, besides all the offerings that were to be given to God, what else were they supposed to do?
7: Live
0: in yes, they were supposed to take uh, branches and so forth and make sort of temporary shelters and live in them. What was the purpose of that? Where they are at the moment, actually, when Moses is receiving this instruction. This is something that they're supposed to do when they get into the land every year to go back and think about this temporary life and how God had provided for them and led them through the wilderness. Yeah. So, now that was not probably uh, overly comfortable. Some of you like to camp, but others probably don't. And we know that they did not do this during much of their history. They did not, in the Feast of Tabernacles, live in the booth. How do we know that? That's correct. Where is it that it says that? Which one? Do you know? Nehemiah 8. Very good. So they were not uh, following this during much of their history, uh, from Joshua to Nehemiah, but it's what they were supposed to do and uh, all right, comments and questions oh by the way I want to point this out in verse 40 this was the only feast where rejoicing was required they were actually commanded to rejoice in this feast yeah. sad isn't it oh man <laughs> rejoice it was this was the this, in many ways, I think, was the, was the kind of the climax of the festivals. <coughs> I would consider certainly the only other festival that would even rival it would be the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, but probably for the Jews, the Tabernacles was even more important. All right, comments and questions on any of this? How could there be a- the 7 p.m. the previous day. I think. It, it's a 7-day feast and then the special 8th day. Oh, okay. so, it was really an 8-day feast when you, if you count that special 8th day after the 7-day feast. This feast was
3: tied
0: in the house. I don't know about that. Do I know? tied house. It went from 7 Sabbath. Mm, well, each of the, but not necessarily weekly Sabbath, this weekly Sabbath. Yeah, the days of the month wouldn't
1: necessarily fall on the Sabbath day. Is that, I mean, That's the correct. The 15th could have been a third That's March correct. Today, I believe it? that
0: is correct. Yeah, just like our 4th of July is not always on the same day.
1: Some days it's on the 5th, some days it's on the 5th. Yeah, it's.
0: <laughs>
6: <laughs> I think it would help when you get some sort of a lunar calendar like they used. I'm going to take a look at
0: it and figure out. Yeah, it might be. But I don't have that one in my back pocket at the moment. Now, I want you to notice the pattern here. I think this might be of some, I don't know, interest to us. There were spring festivals and fall festivals. The spring festival we should count what? If we kind of divide them up, we would count the spring festivals as being which ones? The Passover. That lasted for how long? The Passover itself.
1: The Passover day.
0: One day. The next one was the unleavened bread, which lasted for how long? Seven days. The next one was the first fruits, which lasted for one day. Then you had which one? The, the Feast of Weeks, which lasted for
7: 50
0: days. Not the whole feast, That's the fifty day. it counted all 50 days, but it lasted for one day. So, you had the one day Passover, seven day unleavened bread, one day first fruits, and one day uh, Feast of Weeks. Those are the spring festivals. In the fall, you had which ones? Trumpets, which was how long? One day. Then the Day of Atonement, which was one day. Then the Tabernacles, which was seven days, followed by the one day. Special eighth day after the Feast of Tabernacles, so you have one seven one one in the spring and one one seven one in the fall. Uh, there may be something significant to that. Now, and and I said this already, but uh, let's try to uh, to to think this through. Which day? What besides the weekly Sabbath? Can we come up with when there were Sabbaths associated with these feast days? Which were, which feast days were Sabbaths, or essentially days of, of rest, no work? Passover. The Passover and <coughs> the, Day the Day of Atonement and the... Yes.
1: The Pentecost.
0: Yes, the Pentecost, the the Feast of Weeks.
1: Was Pentecost the Weeks?
0: Yes. Uh-huh. There's three of them Passover, uh, unleavened bread, or Passover, um, the, the Feast of Weeks, and the Day of Atonement. Wasn't
1: it the Weeks in the Spring? I thought Weeks was in the Fall. Weeks was in the Spring. I Pentecost was in the Fall. Pentecost was in the Spring. But it's 50 days after
0: the. Yeah. Still in the spring. Late spring. Yeah, whatever. In, in the first part of their year. It's still probably spring. It's going to be close to summer. But I'm saying the first part of their year. So you have Day of Atonement, Passover, and Feast of Weeks as days of rest. What else? The Feast of Booths. The first and the eighth. The first and the eighth.
2: Get the idea we should find
5: two more. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> the, trumpets? Yes.
0: Uh, the trumpets and. <laughs> no, we already said that. We already day, said that. The first day of, no. Yes, the first day of the Feast
2: of the Unleavened Brethren
0: who marries there. We already said that. It's Passover. Mm-hmm.
2: The last
0: day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So, the first and the last day of Unleavened Bread, then the Feast of Weeks, then the Day of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the first and last day of the Tabernacles. There's seven special days of rest. We'll by two with the same feast. Yes! Two associated with the same feast complex Both the the Passover Unleavened Bread and the uh, Tabernacles. Yes. That's cool, isn't it?
1: These people rested a lot.
0: They were were very restful people. (laughs) But these were all the feast days now. I mean, we have at least seven holidays a year, don't we? That's true. But they didn't have rest. You know, I mean, they still worked in the middle of those, you know. So just have seven holidays. I mean, what do we have? Christmas, Thanksgiving, Fourth of July, Labor Day, Memorial Day, January 1st, President's Day.
4: He's
0: Yeah. St. Patrick's did that. So we got seven or each, more or less. Depends on how liberal your employer is. So how many extra days he gives you?
7: Veterans Day, Election Day. Yeah, yeah, that's true.
0: I mean, sometimes we, some people have got jobs where they have quite a few more. Uh, you know, even the day before Christmas sometimes. and you know. I was
2: going to say that's Lincoln's birthday, I think. The day before Christmas is Lincoln's birthday. The day after Thanksgiving, Washington's birthday. Yeah, I probably should. If so. you work for the state.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Even though their birthdays were in February. We just don't observe. I've observed President's Day instead. I've
6: both Other
0: thoughts and comments on the feast days, chapter 23. Alan.
5: I had a comment on verse 43. Uh, I thought that kind of paralleled uh, partaking of the Lord's Supper. I thought that was kind of similar to that. Uh, we, in a sense, were living in of sin and he brought us out of that through christ and we think partake more of that i thought that was an interesting
0: okay other thoughts just
5: I see the booze almost as life here on earth mm-hmm. i mean that's i like that i mean that makes so much sense here
0: we're pilgrims and strangers here
5: and we're only here for a short while Amen. Yeah,
0: good point. It's really a small place. It's You're right. Now we are well, and aren't we in the wilderness? You know, because they left the wilderness. Well, they entered the wilderness when they left what? Egypt, slavery, slavery and bondage in Egypt and they actually the dividing line between the bondage in Egypt and the freedom in the wilderness was what in which they were baptized so to speak on the other on the at the end of the wilderness they went into the promised land which we're headed for our promised land but what they had to do to get into their promised land was to cross the Jordan, and what are we saying? On Jordan's stormy banks I stand and cast a wishful eye to heaven's fair and happy land. The idea of the Jordan in our poetry is often the idea of death. You know, I won't have to cross Jordan alone and so forth. The, the, the idea <laughs> of the death that is the transition from the wilderness to the Canaan's uh, land. So, in a sense, that's exactly right. We're in the Booth period.
2: notice that you take the foliage of beautiful trees, and apparently these things don't last very long, so we live in a land that is beautiful but temporary Mm -hmm. as well. I mean, so the booths were beautiful but temporary. Good. Life on this earth is beautiful but temporary.
0: Very good. Other comments? I think we'll just stop here since we're at the uh, end of a chapter. We did four of the remaining eight chapters, so maybe we can pick another Saturday sometime and do the other four.